0: You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you're on this disciple's journey with me, as this week we've been reading the Minor Prophets' first three books, Hosea, Joel, and Amos. Remember, uh, we call these the Book of the Twelve, so there are 12 Minor Prophet books, and we're looking at the first three. And so, uh, as we discovered theological truths and kind of an overview of each book uh, yesterday or in the previous episode uh, today we want to ask devotion questions and uh, there's so many that we could kind of hone in on on each particular book but but I really want to uh, really want to be brief in this and kind of kind of allow you to get an overview uh, through each question of each book and walk through this with your family, with your small group. Uh, Remember, as I tell you, each week we want to discover the context of each book. Now, each book is going to have a different context. They're going to be written to uh, different People, for instance, as I shared with you in the previous episode, Hosea written primarily to uh, the northern kingdom of Israel; Joel uh, written to the southern kingdom. So we see we see even a difference in audience there, but they still apply to other nations. Uh, we're going to see how the culture impacts the text, and the text impacts the culture in that day. Phrases that are used that the culture would would be very familiar with, especially the phrase, day of the Lord. Uh, And then ultimately, how does this passage point us to Christ? And I want you to see each and every episode as we look at a different Uh, part of scripture, that everything points to Jesus Christ, him crucified, buried, resurrected for for our salvation. So let's jump right into our questions. I've got four major questions, but some sub-questions in those. So uh, question number one, how must Hosea have felt concerning the command to marry Gomer? I want you to think about this. Uh, we saw in chapter one of Hosea that God wanted to use Hosea as a picture of his relationship with Israel. And so he commands Hosea, marry Gomer, and she's going to be a prostitute or promiscuous. Uh, but one question that, that I, uh, uh, in thinking about how he felt doing that, I, I'm, I'm sure that he loved her. We see that in the pages. But, but do you believe that she was already promiscuous or that she would become promiscuous? Now you may never have thought about that question before, but it's one that I've asked. Did Hosea in uh, and the Scripture's not completely clear on this. Some have tried to build a case for either one, and 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 uh, in in the big scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. But I do like to think, did God say, "Hey, go and marry someone who is promiscuous now," or? Go and marry Gomer, who is going to become promiscuous. And knowing that she's going to become promiscuous, I still want you to marry her. Now, while it doesn't matter in the big uh, big picture, one question comes up from that. Depending on how you answer, whether she was already promiscuous or would become a prostitute, how does this affect your understanding of salvation and the love of God? For instance, if, uh, if, if God came for us knowing that we were already promiscuous uh, sinners. Uh, Romans 5, 8, of course, shows that. Then that's one element of God, uh, his salvation. He buys us, he loves us when we uh, were already sinners. And then if if uh, Gomer was not promiscuous at that time, but would become, and Hosea knows that, he loves her anyway, knowing what she will do in the future. Well, how does this affect your understanding of salvation? That God not only knows who we were at the moment but who we we would be, even the times that we would fail him. Because many people get this idea that, well, now that I'm saved, I can't sin. Well, we don't want to sin, but we're still going to deal with his flesh. And to know that God loves us, even knowing who we would still be and what we would still struggle with, what an amazing demonstration of the love of God. So just think through that. Um, You know, We we don't really know, uh, but... Uh, consider how Hosea must have felt with that command. A second question that you can ask uh, yourself, your family, your small group, consider the responsibility of spiritual leaders in each of the prophets. Uh, in fact, Hosea chapter five, verse one says, hear this, O priest, give heed, O house of Israel. Listen, O house of the king, for the judgment applies to you. For you have been a snare at Mizpah and a net spread out on Tabor. Uh, so Hosea comes against these uh, the, these leaders. Uh, but listen to Joel, uh, chapter 1, verse 13. Joel says, Gird yourselves with sackcloth and lament, O priest. Wail, O ministers of the altar. Come spend the night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God. And then even when you get into Amos, um, A- Amos cries out. Uh, he he says, uh, verse ten. Uh, then Amaziah the priest of Bethel sent uh, uh, Amos seven ten sent word. Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is unable to endure all his words. For thus Amos says, Jeroboam will die by the sword. Israel will certainly go from its land into exile. And then Amaziah said to Amos, Go, you seer, flee away to the land of Judah, and there eat bread, and there do your prophesying, but no longer prophesy at Bethel. Uh, Verse 14, then Amos replied, I am not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet, for I am a herdsman. But the Lord took me and said, Go prophesy to my people. We have all throughout Hosea, Joel, and Amos, this indictment against those prophets who were just tickling the people's ears and even uh, even going so far to reject God, rebel against what he had told them to prophesy. And these three men step up, Amos specifically, uh, sharing, listen, I wasn't even a prophet or the son of a prophet, but God called me. And, and so when you think about that, um, uh, consider the responsibility of spiritual leaders and then understand that we are called to lead uh, as priests, a royal priesthood, we are called to lead even in a prophetic role to speak on behalf of God. How are you leading in this priestly, royal priesthood role? So I want you to take an inventory and evaluation of uh, of what you need to do better in. And, and remember, God doesn't call us uh, to do better. God calls us to be alive in Christ. Uh, but he does set a standard that we want to strive for. We are running our race. So think about at Talk with your small group and family about how you each can, uh, can be more disciplined to follow God. A third question. In the book of Joel, uh, the phrase, day of the Lord, is used many times. What do you actually believe is the day of the Lord? Is it uh, is it a time specifically between the Old and New Testament that came for the Israelites? Many people believe that. Is it uh, the uh, seventy AD when Jerusalem was destroyed after the time of the earthly ministry of Jesus? Is it a future time uh, that that we see coming? Um, you know, at, at the end of uh, of uh, or at the beginning of chapter three verse one it says for behold in those days and at that time when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat um, many say uh, that the uh, the the day of the Lord took place or uh, many say it's going to take place is it this uh, revelation chapter 19 18 and 19 picture of the the, the Battle of Armageddon? Is it a uh, period of time after a uh, what many would call a millennial reign? What do you believe concerning the Day of Lord? Now, here's the second part of that. Why does it matter? Um, when we just talk intellectually or, or talk about and debate uh, certain phrases or facts, um, we we usually just sit and discuss and argue, but why does the day of the Lord matter? And if it does matter, what should we be doing for God? Talk through different ways that you can be, uh, you can take responsibility for evangelism. Finally, one question that I would ask based on the book of Amos. In the oracles of Amos, the phrase, the Lord has spoken or the Lord has declared is used all throughout the book. How faithful are you to the word of God and his commands? Or are you justifying disobedience simply because you don't like a command? Um, The the, the phrase the Lord has spoken has really grabbed my attention this week as we've been reading through and made me ask, when God says something, am I quick to agree? Uh, Am I quick to obey? Or am I quick to try to uh, excuse my own disobedience? Think through that. And as we close out our episode today, we want to look at our memory verse for this week. Uh, I love our memory verse time because it's helping and training me to put scripture in my heart. And Joel chapter two, verse 13 is a wonderful uh, uh, wonderful verse to memorize, but it's one to obey. And here's what it says. And rend your heart and not your garments. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, Abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. Uh, would you put Joel two thirteen to memory? Hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.